So I think that the beautiful thing is, and say this again, your gift makes room for you. And when you start walking in your gift, it makes room for you. So if you go ahead and do what you're called to do, obedience is the currency of heaven, right? So if you're doing what God has called you to do, he's going to do what? Bless you exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think because that's what the word says. Once you start getting those blessings because you're in, a, in alignment with what God's assignment is, everything else will be added unto you, right? Because the Bible says, seek the kingdom of the, of the, seek the, kingdom of the, the Lord and everything else shall be added unto you. If you're, if you're doing what God wants you to do, you're in right standing with him. He's just going to keep opening the door for more opportunities for you. So I would say get planted where you're supposed to be first so you can start opening the doors where you want to be to open up even more abundance in your life. What's going on, Miss Jennifer? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am amazing. I'm amazing. I'm excited for this conversation for a number of reasons. But before I get into that, welcome, welcome, welcome back to another exciting episode of, of the Hour of Change podcast. And as y'all know, with every episode, you will never think the same, you will never move the same, you will never work the same because the information that we provide will help you become the better version of yourself. And today, it's it's no different. It's no different. We have a guest that I have been watching for quite some time. And I was like, hmm, I want to get on the show. Um, what really made me want to invite on the show was when I read her bio and it says she helped women date. And I was like, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I want to know more about that. So um, before we get started, I want to let you know that for one, I truly appreciate your time today. I appreciate you allowing me to get some of your energy to um be able to collaborate with you on this and I know that uh, we are both going to provide a lot of valuable information for both of our communities and um, right before we get started let's role play for a second right okay let's say that we are at a high level networking event mm. and um, they give you an opportunity to speak and you are walking up on stage they hand you the microphone and they, how do you introduce yourself and tell everybody in the room what it is that you do? What would you say? I would say, hello, everyone. I'm Jennifer Mason. I am a certified Christian life coach. I am also a full-time entrepreneur. I am a two-time self-published author. And what I do primarily is help women learn how to date effectively in order to prepare themselves for marriage. You help women date effectively. And how do you do that? So out of all my titles, the title that I hold the highest is that I'm a woman of God. And I use the Bible and its principles and um, God's guidance as my blueprint. Because when, Got you. You, when you use God's guidance as your blueprint, you always reach the end goal. So 100%. I different stories, different characteristics that you need to have as far as your character as a woman. And um, and then things that I've learned in my own personal life too, like daily experiences, my past relationships to teach women not to fall for the things that I fell for, how I recovered and how I transformed my dating experiences to be more pleasant and how I'm not wasting any more time with men that are not for me. Got you. So the, the end goal of dating is marriage, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you married? I was married. You was married. Mm -hmm. Got you. So now I'm wondering, 
how I guess someone that has been through it is the one that's most qualified to teach it, huh? That's what they say. But then I also believe that some people are naturally gifted. You know, God can give a gift of wisdom in any particular area to anyone, even if they aren't walking in that area. So I'm one of the women that actually I'm walking through this thing, but God has also given me the grace to lead it. Got you. I'm going to challenge you a little bit. I'm going to challenge you. It's my, it's my job to challenge my guests sometimes just to see, you know, th their credibility, if they know what they're talking about. Because, you know, on my end, too, my viewers are, they trust me. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to challenge you sometimes throughout this conversation. Okay. Um, before we get into that, let's digress a little bit. Who were you before you got into this industry of wanting to teach women how to date effectively? Before I fully submitted myself to like actually being certified and having a platform, um, I was already doing this, but I actually went to college for business marketing and then I ended up going, I ended up getting into entrepreneurship in the multi-level marketing world and I did very well. So I spent several years in that space, <clears throat> um, basically uh, using social media to give people products that solve their answers. And I made a whole lot of money. So I was lead. I've always been leading women. Let me just say What's that. a lot of money, you know, five figure <laughs> months, six figure years, you know, okay. it was good. Gotcha. Money. And, you know, working from home, making my own time traveling when I want, wanted to. So, and at the, t and, and when I started this, I was in my twenties. So it was like, you know, being 27 years old and you're bringing in five figures a month, that's a different world. Right. So, right. Um, I was doing that. And then I also had started a blog before I actually created the space Single Lady Notes because Single Lady Notes didn't come about until 2016. And that was also around the same time that I released my first book. Got you. My my wife has been thinking about doing, creating a blog. So before we dive into anything else, I'm going to be a little selfish right here. What kind of advice do you have for the women that's thinking about creating a blog? Is it is it profitable? Like, what's what's the ins and outs of a blog? So my blog, I didn't get into the profitable side of it. I just needed a space to start sharing the things that was in my mind. This is before I knew I needed to write a book, and I was like, let me just start sharing things in my blog that out that were longer than just like a little Facebook status. So I got into blogging to to storytell. And when I was storytelling, I started seeing women like, oh, I can relate to this. I can relate to that. And it was one particular blog that I did um, on a relationship that I was in and what happened and all of that good stuff. And it went viral. And I was like, oh, wow. So I was like, okay, Jennifer, you have something here. Let's take it to the next level. And that's why I wrote the book. So I wasn't a blogger long. <laughs> so on, the, on that side, I'm not a professional, but I do think if you're somebody that has a story to tell, it's a great way to get your audience ready for what you're going to do next. Got you. Makes sense. Makes sense. So you went from that to, um, you went from blogging. Oh, wait, you know what? Let's digress a little bit. So you are said that you was posting on Instagram, um, giving people products that, that they can purchase. At that time, what, what products was it? So it was a skincare line and it was a weight loss and wellness line. Got you. And and that was when you was, this was before entrepreneurship or this was a part of your entrepreneurship endeavor? This was the start of it back in 2012. Mm, so you had your own skincare line? I, I have had my own skincare line. That was actually in 2020, 2021. 
which I'll be bringing back. But I was actually selling another company's product. I'm not sure. You know, are you familiar with multi-level marketing? I am. I am. So I was selling their product, but I was making a lot of money off of it. (laughs) Do you recommend people getting into multi-level marketing? Absolutely. If you find a credible company that has good standards and principles, they have a, a truly effective product. Absolutely. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Because a lot of books that I've read, like um, I know Robert Kiyosaki recommended it, Myron Golden uh, recommended it, and I don't know, for some reason I just can't get into it. I don't know why, but I know if they recommend it, it's like, okay, it's definitely something you need to get into because for one, you're around like-minded people and and, um, you help them grow a team. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know, I, I've just been having mixed emotions around it. Should I do it? Should I not? Should I do it? Should I not? But like you said, it's about finding the uh, uh, a good fit and a good, um, what did you say, a good product. Mm-hmm. And it's not for everybody, honestly, because it's a, it's it's work, right? Like you have to have, it's more mindset work than it is anything else. That's the biggest thing I had to break off of a lot of people on my team was them not believing in themselves and them not having the discipline to move forward. If you want to be in multi-level marketing, you have to be prepared to grow. Um, so I do tell people, I'm like, you know, it's not for everybody. You may be somebody that is just a, you know, call to work a nine to five job. We need people there too, right? But then you may be somebody that has uh, innovative ideas and you can really talk well and you're persuasive. Then maybe you should think about getting into multi-level marketing. But I, I would recommend it to anybody that's like, hey, I'm, I'm interested. I would do it. It was the best decision entrepreneurially that I made. Got you. So you went from, how long, how long were you in the industry? I was in the industry for seven years. Seven years. So at one point you were selling another's company, another company's product, and then you decided to do your own product. Yes. What led to that decision? So after I was also actually in about two companies that I did very well in. And once I realized, I was like, okay, Jennifer, you can do this. You've mastered this. It's been done. Right. Um, what pushed me into wanting to do my own brand is because I went through a divorce. It was when I was going through my divorce. And after I had separated from him, I was like, okay, Jennifer, you need to remap your life, right? Like you need to create a whole new vision on what you want to do entrepreneurially because I had left that season behind in business as well. So when I was writing out things, I had put down skincare, I put down um, makeup and a couple of uh, like writing another book, a couple things that I was like, these are my goals that I'm going to work on. And I started doing the research. I found a vendor and I got the skincare line going. I actually still sell one product currently from that skincare line. um, And it did very well. And now I'm just kind of revamping things because I'm like, okay, once good is, you know, good is good, but I want great. Right. So it's like, sometimes you got to pull back and say, let me fine tune some things and then put it back out there. Amazing. And I agree with that. You know, sometimes a little rebranding, you know, getting things better, get the quality better, look better, all that stuff, and then and then bringing it back. So I like that. I like that, and that actually make a lot of sense. Um, I want to go to single lady notes because that's where I see a lot of traction around. It's one of your biggest um, things that you up. Well, that's what I'm assuming. One of the biggest uh, things that I see that you have on social media. And sometimes I read the comments and look through it and I'll be like, I look at all these different opinions and people commenting and I'm like, hmm, this this is a very interesting thing she have going on. 
How did you get into that? So it was in 2016. It was May of 2016. And well, 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 let's put a pin in that. First of all, let's tell everyone what exactly is Single Lady Notes. So Single Lady Notes started off as a place to vent, and it turned into a community of women that were single, God-led, and also going through a lot of similar seasons when it came to dating and relationships. Got you. So you want to know how we, how we got, how it started? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So it was birthed out of disappointment. Honestly and truly. And a lot of times people let disappointment discourage them and put their dreams down and put their ideas down. But this time disappointment worked completely in my favor. And I was disappointed about an interaction that I had with a, a gentleman. And I it was a Friday night. I took a nap. I woke up. I said, single lady notes. Well, God said single lady notes. And I was like, single lady notes. And then God said, go ahead and make a landing page. Go ahead and get your Instagram going. That's going to be the place that you're going to go. Because what I, what do we all do when we go through something? We, we scroll social media looking for something that's either going to make mm-hmm. us or something that we can relate to. And I was on social media and I was like, I can't relate to none of these people talking about relationships and being a single woman right now. They're not speaking my language. So I created what I needed. And I created this page. Nobody knew it was me. It was, I was completely faceless and I just started posting things that resonated with me where I was in my life and where I wanted to go. And the, the women just kept coming. <laughs> the page grew like a wild flower, a, a, what is it? Wild flower, whatever they call it. Yeah, wild flower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just started growing and growing and growing. And over the years, I've done several different things with that page, but um, now it's turning more so into like a business flash ministry so to speak but um i think i really took that page to the next level during the pandemic the page already had a really healthy following before the pandemic just with me posting content but i finally came from behind just the post and i started doing a lot of live video and the live Mm. is where things took a change that's when i started connecting with my audience i started building relationships with them and now we have a a real solid community at community actually where we have a book club we have bible study on thursdays i've had one event um i think that was 2022 i did a retreat and i'll be doing another retreat um i I wrote my second book which they have like bought by the thousands and Yeah. And then I also host dating and development classes. Now that's something that's more new. I started at the end of 2023, but I do monthly dating and development classes because we have all of these self-development classes for business and for, you know, all of these other topics, but like we need dating development classes as well, because who you end up choosing to do life with is one of the most important decisions you're going to make. A hundred percent. So you, it's so many different parts to this single lady notes so many different moving parts. And the first thing I want to know is, did you have any strategy behind growing this page? Or was just like, you know what? This was on my mind right now. I'm going to just post it. I have gotten this question on my personal page and on this page and other pages that I've grown. I have literally no strategy. Like, I don't do post at this time. <laughs> I, uh, like, write out my content. What am I going to talk about? Like, I literally shoot from the hip every single day (laughs) so people like my friends always like you should do a class and i'm like i can't do a class on authenticity like i can't teach you how to be yourself i can't teach you how to do what's uh to, to stay in your lane and post what you feel 
resonates for your audience. I can't teach that. It's just in me. <laughs> it's just in you. It's just in me. You know, that's that's something big you just said, you know, like I'm sitting here thinking authenticity, authenticity, authenticity. And it's one of the major key factors in us people that How do I say this? I'm looking for the right way to say this. For the people that's looking to grow a community, that's one of the biggest ways to do it, just to be your most authentic self. But I feel like a lot of people can't find themselves being authentic. They don't know how to. What suggestion do you have that person that is struggling with being their most authentic self? If you're struggling with being your most authentic self, you need to stop caring what people think and what people say. One of the first things you have to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, realize before you put yourself out there is that some people are going to like you and some people are going to hate you. If you can accept that early on, you'll be okay. And be okay with the people that are not called to your message. So another thing too, get really clear on your message and what it is that you're saying, your gift, your calling, et cetera. Because if you know for sure what you're supposed to do, who you are and who you're supposed to be talking to, the people that don't listen, you don't care about. And then also don't let the the numbers and the people that show up, don't let none of, don't let any of those things matter. If you, if your message for the day only reached two people, mission accomplished. If your, if your message reached a thousand people, mission, mission accomplished. Don't get caught up in the hype of what anybody else is doing, how they're doing it. Stay 100% in your lane and do what feels good to you, right? Like I, I, I say, Holy Spirit, some people say intuition, whatever Holy Spirit is telling me to do, I'll roll with it. So you think that being your most authentic self, well, you, do you feel like not being your most authentic self is directly related to caring what other people think? Caring what other people think and not knowing who you are. A lot of people can't be themselves because they don't even know who they are. A lot of people are not at home with themselves. So now my next question is, how do you find out who you are? So how I found out who I was, was through the good Lord. So I got curious and I was like, okay, God, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? Like there were some things that naturally just came to me. Like I naturally like to encourage people. I naturally like to talk about love and relationships. That was natural for me years ago. And I was like, okay, because I got a good response on Facebook before single lady notes ever existed. But the the deeper I grew in my relationship with God, I let God start showing me like, oh, this is who I am. Oh, this is what you want me to do. This is how you want me to do it. And then I learned how to hear from God and God started speaking to me directly. So I always will tell anybody, once you can get that firm foundation in God and you really seek him for the answers that you need about yourself, now nobody can tell me anything because at the end of the day, who is better than God, right? Whose opinion is better than God? So why would I care about what anybody else thinks if I am pleasing an audience of one? Never, ever, ever look in other people's opinion when trying to find out who you are because their opinion of you is not the truth of you because mm -hmm. their knowledge of you is limited and only one person know you. That's right. One person know you. So you said that so beautifully just now. And I wanted to ask you a question that slipped my mind just now. Um, oh, what, what question was it? 
you said something that I really wanted to piggyback on and ask you about. Give me a moment. Let me see. Oh, my gosh. I think it was about... Mm, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. Okay, let's let's progress in this conversation. It's going to come back. I want to do our... I'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. So you said you wrote two books. Oh, I remember now. I remember now. Um, nope, there it goes. Slipped again. Okay, <laughs> you say you wrote two books. Yes. What gave you the inspiration to write a book? So the first book, it was the blog. So when I saw the response that I got from the blog, it was like, we want more. And I was like, oh, y'all want more. And I'm like, I have plenty that I can tell you. So I remember I was at a, a, a meeting and uh, the woman there, she's actually my good girlfriend. She was a self-published author and she was like, you should just take your blogs and turn them into books. And I said, I mean, turn them into chapters and there's your book. And I was like, that makes so much sense. So I ended up just going ahead and writing my book. Of course, you know, I did my research on uh how to publish it and all that good stuff. And I wrote my book, got it out there. And, you know, it's still selling on Amazon to this day. What's the name of the book for the audience that's listening? My first book is called Good Girl, Going Bad, Going Holy. And that's more of a memoir. And then my second book is called Pressure, Lessons in Love versus Toxicity. Lessons in Love versus Toxicity. It's like a Toxicity. Right. It's got it. Twister. Got it. Got it. It is. It is a little bit of a tongue twister. So you turn single lady notes into a a business or you said it's turning into a business right now. And um, what what led to that? Um, so I was already a certified life coach when I started the page. So I automatically was already offering them like one on one calls if they wanted to talk. Then. I started this the lipstick slash skincare line, and then I also is this was I'm sorry to cut your wisdom. Was the one on one call? Is it like a form of therapy as well? I don't call it a form of therapy because legally I can't, but the conversations are very therapeutic. Got it. Yeah. Um. And then oh, I had started like a, a t-shirt and hoodie line. And then I added in, because I also, I, I forgot all about this. I had an online boutique before Single Lady Notes even started, but I had shut it down and then I brought it back. So I had like a, a all-in-one store where you could get like different sayings on hoodies and sweatshirts. And then I had the skincare line and then I brought out the lipstick. I was only selling one lipstick at the time, um, but now I have about like three to five colors. You, based on this conversation so far, you have had your hands in a whole lot of different things skincare and lipstick and single lady notes and this and that what is your take on focusing on one thing at a time allowing that thing to grow and then diversifying and starting to something else or do you feel like hey i want to do this right now i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that what's what's your take on that My take on that is that your gifts will make room for you, right? So if your gift is going to make room for you, it's going to make sure you have the capacity to do what you need to do in every season. So every season, I wasn't doing all things, right? Like I I put some things down and I focus in on these things. I pay attention more so to the demand of my audience, depending on the season. Like, so for instance, I knew... Last year, I said my audience is moving into a season where they need more development. They need more teaching. 
So that's when I said, okay, now we're going to move into the dating classes. We're going to focus more on dating classes and we're going to focus more on, um, well, that's not the, that's my business. Focus on that because that's what they need. And then everybody had been, the only reason the, the lipstick and the skincare is coming back is because they keep asking. They're like, where's the lipsticks at? Where's the skincare at? So I'm literally like, okay, I'll bring it back. There's a demand for it. There's a demand for it. So you have to kind of like, you have to like that knowing inside of you that I need to do this now. You have to trust that. Like you have to trust like this is the lane that I need to go to into now. Like even like shifting into the next season, I know that there's going to be a huge demand for my third book. Right. So it's like, I know I need to make sure I'm preparing because I know that that season is going to be for the book. So you got, you got it. You got to just know where you are. And what's coming? How do you them. how do you just know? It sound you you make it sound so simple, but how do you just know? So I rely on so part of my own self development is my private time where I develop myself, and I develop myself in reading God's word, spending time with God, prayer, and worship, and that is my anchor, right? And that's my anchor because if I want to hear from God, I want to know from God, I have to, what do you have to do? You have to spend time with God. And a lot of people don't realize the, the, if you don't spend time with the person that is giving you guidance, you're not going to get the guidance, right? So the more time I dedicate to my relationship with God, God keeps pouring into me what it is that I need. And then my gifts are getting stronger. So I have a very strong gift of discernment. I have a very strong gift of, of the Holy Spirit is very strong within me. So I, the more I lean on those gifts, the stronger they get and the more confident I get. And that's how I just like, oh, I just know. I know that this is what it's supposed to be. During this conversation, you keep relating back to your faith. You keep relating back to God. How did your faith become so strong? Whew. So and that's a that's a great question because I didn't grow up in church. I started out in church when I was really young with my father. And then my father moved to another city. So my mom didn't go to church at the time. So I grew up like listening to gospel music, but I never opened the Bible. <laughs> we, had, we didn't go to church like that just wasn't what we did. By the time I got to college, my mom had moved to, I'm originally from New Jersey. I came to North Carolina for college. My mom came about a year or two after and she found a church. And I had already been having this desire. I was like, I want to start going to church. I don't know where it came. Well, I know where it came from. It came from God. I was like, I want to start going to church. And my mom was like, hey, I want to go to this church. I went to the church and started going like almost every Sunday. And um, that's how my faith started to grow. Right. And then over the years, um, because, you know, when you first get into church, everybody not reading their Bible. That was me. I wasn't reading my Bible when I first got there. I was just showing up on Sunday. I got my feel good message and I was out the door. I was in college. You know what I'm saying? So right. I'm not even going to lie to you. That was 2007. I didn't start reading my Bible till 2012. And it, I was influenced by one of my good girlfriends. And I saw the fruit on her life from her taking her relationship with God so seriously. And I was like, I want what she got. So I went out to lunch with her one day and I had so many questions. She answered them for me. And I started my journey of opening my own Bible and reading it. And my life has never been the same. Never been the same. That's amazing. I, I've been on my Bible reading journey too. Every morning I've been reading my Bible. Um, I started sometime last year. I don't remember exactly when, but ever since maybe like the latter, the latter part of last year, maybe November time, I've been starting it. I started uh, at the beginning of the Bible, and I've just been going, 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 because my goal is to read the whole Bible straight through. I, I've never done it before, but I, I, I've been wanting to do it. Now I'm, now I'm on that journey, and it's, it's beautiful little messages you get, and you just see. It's just like wow, 
I've been missing all this good message this whole time. Yeah, but let me also encourage you not to be so rigid in your reading. And I say that because a lot of people think that they should read it through like a story, which is great if that's what you want to do. But it's more powerful when you allow God to lead you on what to read and then he can show you and surprise you on why you need to read it. Elaborate a little more. Allow God to show you what to read. How would I know what what he just going to tell me? Hey, go to Proverbs, read this or go, go to Ecclesiastes. How does that work? Yeah, he, he actually can. But the first step is you'll have to learn how he talks to you, right? So he, some people he talks to audibly. Some people, he, uh, it's like the Holy Spirit speaks in like a small, still voice. And you're not really sure if it's you or if it's God. But once you try it, you're like, okay, that was God. Um, and then also in dreams or even through people. So once you figure out how God talks to you, like I remember God took me to a dream. And in the dream, I was like, God, this dream is crazy. I don't even understand what this means. And then he woke me up early one morning and I, I just had this, this uh like wait on me that you need to read your Bible. I opened my Bible and I'm just like, okay, I don't really know where I'm going. And then I, it was almost like God was like, stop. And I started reading at the, it was, I think it was first or second Samuel. I started reading. I never read, never read these books before. I'm not, I'm not really like the, that kind of girl. I like Romans and Hebrews and Proverbs and Psalms. Right. I had never really read this book before, but by the time I got to chapter five, the answer to what was in my dream was what I needed. Amazing. So I say only say that because, you know, the Bible also says, you know, we have our own plans, but God's plan is what, what will succeed. Just be open to flipping around. You never know what part of the Bible is going to speak to you. Because even once you read it once through, the second time you read that same story, something new is going to happen. And that's one of the things I love about the word is I, I've read the story of who? Ruth. A thousand times. And I read it again in uh, December. And God gave me a totally different revelation that I had never saw before. So, yeah. You could you could read one story a thousand times and keep getting a different message from it, huh? You sure can. You know what's funny? I was telling my wife this a few days ago. Um, and this may sound crazy to you, or maybe it, well, maybe not. But I was telling her, I think I asked her, how do God talk to you? Because sometimes, well, not sometimes. For me, this is how I, this is how he speaks to me. It'd be like we'd be at a park, sitting down on a bench, and he'd be right there sitting next to me, and he would talk to me as if we friends. But mm -hmm. I could never see his face. I could never see him. But it's like I, I know it's this person on the side of me talking to me. And it's like, for instance, if I know I'm not supposed to do something that I shouldn't do, in my mind I'll see a picture of me at the park, on the bench, and he's telling me, hey, he's looking over me like, no, don't do that. Don't go that way. It may sound crazy to you, but that's really how me and him are. Like, that's, we friends like that. Like, he really be sitting on the side of me at the park, on the bench, and we be talking. And I told my wife that one time, I was just, I don't know, when you said you just have to learn how God speak to you, it just brought me, it reminded me that every time he shows up at the park, on the bench, and we just be talking, like, we just homies. Are it's crazy. Say it again, ma'am. Are you a dreamer? I dream sometimes. Okay. Elaborate now. Dream mean like sleeping. When you asleep, you dream a lot. You yeah. If you do, you dream a lot about things and then they happen. Mm, not really. Okay. Because why you ask that? 
because you said that you like God will take you into like a vision. Like you'll you'll see yourself sitting there and that's when God will give you wisdom. And a lot of times people that have like visions are like seers, right? So you may you may be a seer. That may be one of the ways that God communicates with you, or um you, you could be of another gift. But it's clear that God gives you vision when he wants to speak to you. I never thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. That was good. If it, especially if in the vision it's leading you towards righteousness or just making good judgment calls, that's definitely God. It it, it definitely is because it's always, always, always about good judgment. Always, mm-hmm. it never fails. Never fails. You said you, that you had a book club. I've been. What kind of books do you, do you, do you, do you ladies read? So we've read uh, the Garden Within by Dr. Anita Phillips. We also read, what's the book by Steve? What, what genre is it? Is it uh, like business, self-help, love, relationships? Uh, so far, the first book was more self-help. It was written by a therapist. Our second book was about love and relationships. Our third book is about um, God and single women in dating. And the reason I'm asking is because I've been wanting to grow a book club community around entrepreneurship and self-development and personal growth, but I'm struggling. I, I I don't know. It just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm struggling with it. And I, I just, okay. I think a part of it for me is one, it's because I feel like because I am not where I want to be in business that I don't think I'm qualified enough to teach on that subject. I make sense what I'm saying, but I know I have a wealth of knowledge in my mind because I read every single day and I grasp a lot of information and I know what I'm talking about. But it's like on the other on the other end, it's like I don't know. It's like I don't think I'm qualified to do that, and I don't want to be a person that teaches from theory or give information based on theory. So if you're going to do a book club, the beauty in that is that you don't have to be the um, expert. Let the book be the expert. You're just going to be the leader leading them through the book with with the book's expertise. But then you can always sprinkle your wisdom in there as well. Right. And then also offer for everyone else to talk as well, because that's kind of how my book club goes. We We read books together and I allow everybody to share their input. That's exactly how I had it designed when I, when I started it, and then it kind of faded away. And once I started, when when I seen the numbers fading away, I just kind of like, okay, well, it's dead. But I I absolutely love. I would absolutely love to start it again. That's that's like one of my dreams to have like a thriving book club community. You should. Um, my book club community is it's a bit smaller and intimate, which I love. Um, well, next month, I don't know how many people come. A lot of people might come for this book. But my um, Bible study community is growing very, very fast. <laughs> how do you how do you build these communities? What's, what's the strategies on community building? So it's really not a strategy. But what I've noticed that I do is I go live a lot. And I spend a lot of time live with my audience. And that is how I have like, I have literally made friends with a lot of the people that follow me. So every time I show up on the live and I'm there connecting with the woman, giving them my authentic self, giving them 
advice, that's when I'm like, okay, you know, we have a book club. You should come to the book club. I just invite them in and the people that want to come, come. I also have an email list. I have everything linked in my bio where they can be a part of my Facebook group, my email list, um, or whatever else that I have going on at the time. But I always give them that invitation to connect with me deeper if they want to. Some people will just get on my live and that's all they need. Some people want to connect further. They want to be with like-minded women. And I always direct them to those other spaces so that way we can grow together. And I've I've been learning that that's a that's a essential thing to move your audience off of Instagram to connect with them on a deeper level. I know a lot of people just think that, hey, you know, I have my community on Instagram and that's okay. But um, like you said, having an email list, having a text list, having um, another community, moving your audience off of Instagram is really uh, beneficial in business. It is. Very beneficial. So you just encouraged me to set up my email list. That's something I need to work on ASAP. And um, let me ask you this. How often do you go live? Um, two to three times a week. I think I've gone live twice this week already. <laughs> two to three times a week. Okay. That's okay, at I'm a, That's at minimum. That's at minimum, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So I'm going to give myself six months. This is starting tomorrow, February, February... When is six February, February, March, April, May, June, July. Mm-hmm. From February to July, the next six months, I'm going to commit to going live two days out of the week because I never go live. I never do. Go live. Go live. <laughs> it's a game changer. It's a so, game changer. That I've learned, I wanted to say this earlier. When I was in the multi-level marketing world, another reason I was so successful on social media with selling my bit, with the, selling the products was because people liked me. It really didn't matter what I was selling, but because I kept showing up as me, people liked me, so they believed me and they would buy whatever it is that I had. Thankfully, I had a credible product, but people need to get to know you. On social media, people buy into your personality. That's why we see the influencer world blowing up the way that we do now. I didn't realize, but back then I was an influencer before an influencer was an influencer, right? But that's why we see it blown up because people in their audience, they don't really care what it is they're selling. They have fallen in love with this person. And if this person is selling a pin for $20 and they say it's the <laughs> pin, they're buying that pin for $20. Right. Okay. <laughs> people, people buy into the person, not the thing. Yes. Gotcha. Let me ask you a question here. Can you describe a time when you had to pivot your business strategy and what led to that decision? Yeah. For sure. Um, when I left the multi-level marketing world and decided to go into my own selling my own products and uh, making it making me the primary source of my income. And I one, I just kind of knew it was time I was burnt out from that industry and I wasn't seeing the fruit of it. And one thing that I've learned when the tree is not bearing fruit, you might as well go ahead and cut it off and start over. So I said, let me go ahead and uproot this tree. This tree has done what it needed needed to do, and I need to plant a new one. So what I did was, again, and I'm I'm a I'm a big believer of writing out your vision. And I tell women this all the time, even after they go through a breakup or anytime you're restarting your life, get a blank piece of paper. Just write out what you want to do. Just write out a couple steps that need to be done to get it done, and then start moving. So what? That's exactly what I did. I knew in order to start my um my hoodie. And, this is not my hoodie. This is my girlfriend's hoodie. But my hoodie and sweatshirt and t-shirt line. 
I needed a manufacturer. I needed all of these different things. So what did I do? I started researching. I found out about drop shipping. I learned about drop shipping. I started producing t-shirts in no time. I was making a couple thousand dollars a month doing that. I had already written a book. I knew I needed to write another book. I knew this book was going to sell more than the first book. I wrote the book, got the book out there, started making a couple thousand dollars after that. Um, even with the skincare and the lipstick, I was wearing lipstick that I just liked on me. And everybody was saying, where did you get this lipstick? Where did you get this lipstick? And a light bulb went off and said, if I sold my own lipstick, instead of me referring them to them, they would get it from me. So um, basically, once you know that you need to move, you need to write out your vision, you need to put some action steps behind it, and then you need to get to work. You know what I'm learning in this conversation right now from you? Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me as if you are doing the things that you just love to do and they're just being profitable. You yep. like wearing lipstick? Okay, I'm going to just... I'm going to have people buy lipstick from me. Um, T-shirts, sweatshirts, that's what I like to do. It became profitable. Um, you like to vent and write, and it became profitable. Yeah. That right there is a game changer because I think a lot of people, they get into industries that, for one, they don't like. For two, they're probably only doing it because they feel like they could make a lot of money from it. How? What advice do you have for that person that's getting into an industry just because they feel as if, okay, well, I'm going to go put my money in the stock market because they say I can make a lot of money over there. But <laughs> deep down, they know they have a different calling. Like, you know, they, they feel like they should be doing something else. I think that it's okay for both of them to coexist, right? Because while I'm doing the things that I'm passionate about and the things that I actually want to do, there's also another side of business that I want to get into that I have no interest in, right? And that is investments in real estate and things of that nature. But what I'm going to do is let my passion projects fund those, right? So I think that the beautiful thing is, and I'm saying this again, your gift makes room for you. And when you start walking in your gift, it makes room for you. So if you go ahead and do what you're called to do, obedience is the currency of heaven, right? So if you're doing what God has called you to do, he's going to do what? Bless you exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think because that's what the word says. Once you start getting those blessings because you're in, a, in alignment with what God's assignment is, everything else will be added unto you, right? Because the Bible says, seek the kingdom of the, of the, seek the, kingdom of the, the Lord and everything else shall be added unto you. If you're, if you're doing what God wants you to do, you're in right standing with him. He's just going to keep opening the door for more opportunities for you. So I would say get planted where you're supposed to be first so you can start opening the doors where you want to be to open up even more abundance in your life. I remember the question I had now. Okay. I remember it. So the question I had was, you said that you woke up and God told you, hey, single lady notes, single lady notes. Usually when you are called to do something, you try to run away from it. Mm. Did you experience that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because one thing that people don't know about me is that while I talk about loving relationships and I have a lot of wisdom in this area, I have struggled <laughs> with having to show up sometime because the area that you're most gifted is sometimes, oftentimes the area that you're most attacked, right? So having to encourage other people when you need to encourage yourself is like challenging. <laughs> 
So there right. have times where I've been like, I'm about to pack all of this up. I'm not talking about this no more. God, get somebody else to do it. Okay. So yes, there were times I I think even before this platform, like I was trying, I was trying even creating this platform, I was running from what people would say on my personal platforms because I was like, there and I, and that's the crazy thing. It was birthed out of disappointment and because I really didn't want to talk about what I wanted to talk about in, in front of my friends and family. So I was like, if I put it in this, but I knew I had to do it. I put it in a space where nobody knows that it's me. I can just let it, let it do what it needs to do. So yes, I did try to run from it. Are there still days I'm just like, oh, yes, but God always brings me back and he's like, look, I got you. Keep going. I got you. So you kept running from it when... When did you decide to like fully accept it? So I think it's common levels. Like starting the page was accepting. Becoming a coach was accepting. Getting certified. Starting the page was another level of, of accepting it. Coming from behind the page was another level of accepting it. And then now even recently uh, doing the Bible studies and the teachings is a whole nother level of accepting it. <laughs> so it comes in stages, like you said. And every level is just like, okay, am I going to accept this assignment? Am I going to accept this assignment? Yeah. Obedience is like, okay, God will tell you to do one thing and then you do it. And he's like, okay, well, here's the, your next thing. And you're like, okay, God, I'm going to do that too. And he's like, here's your next thing. Here's your next thing. The more obedient you are, the more, the, the more capacity you have and the more God is going to give you. The more obedience you have, the more capacity you have. And the more God is going to give you. And the more God is going to give you. That's going to be my next Instagram caption. The more <laughs> obedience you have, <laughs> I will I will tag you. The more obedience you have, the more capacity you have, and the more God is going to give you. Mm-hmm. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. So let's dive into this business a little bit. So you said that you have also have a, um, where you do coaching. Yes. Tell me more about that. Um <clears throat> Let's say that I'm a single lady. I've just been through a very bad divorce. Um, we've been together, let's say, 20 years, and I'm just got divorced, and I'm just going through it emotionally. And mm-hmm. I come to you, hey, I've been struggling. Um, I've been late up night crying for the past six months. I'm just in a very bad place. I need to connect with you. What type of program do you have for me? So I have several. So I can, depending on their specific issue, I can offer them a one-on-one call with me that can lead into them going into one of my courses or they could just do the one-on-one call with me or they can just do the course. So it depends. Um, <clears throat> but if I was on a one-on-one coaching call with someone in that in that space, the first thing I always want to know is, okay, give me the backstory. Tell me what happened because I need to hear what was going on. Once I get that, then I'm able to direct them and say, okay, so this is these are the steps that you need to take to move forward. And a lot of times that includes therapy. A lot of times that includes them um, creating a, what do I call it, Lord Jesus, a, gonna, and my laptop is all the way over there. I hate when that happens because I did a healing class where I put together a, self, a self-care, self-care plan, a transformative plan, and a... Uh, uh, I hate that I don't know. I'm not saying the, the correct terms for what these are, but basically it's like three different strategies that help you heal forward. That's another term that I coined back in 2021, heal forward. So I will take their situation and then say, hey, this is what you need to do. 
this is your homework. I also resource them because depending on what the uh, divorce was for, sometimes it was abuse, right? So they may need some type of resource to help them. I'd be like, hey, I've been through this. Read this book. Watch this video. Um, and then also, uh, and, and always, prayer. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to give you a prayer strategy to help you heal quicker. Because one thing that God has given me also is the gift of healing. And when I went through my own divorce, I asked God, I said, God, I said, I don't want this to be a long drawn out process. I want you to radically heal me and show me how I can show other women how they can heal as well. You had said that you want to, you want to get some of the backstory first. Mm -hmm. The backstory of a relationship seems like a very long conversation. Is that something you charge for? Like, hey, you, uh, what's, what's that like? Because is it, your time? You got to listen to the story, what he did, what she did, what happened, what time would happen, when this happened. What, what, how do you strategy? What's your strategy with that? So I don't, list, I don't let them give me the whole story, right? Because I don't want it to become just a vent session. But there are a couple of key things that I need to hear before I start talking. So I'll give them maybe about 10, 15 minutes in the beginning of the call and be like, hey, why did the relationship end, right? How did we get to this part? Then I'll start asking additional questions, depending on what that answer is, to see if I need anything else to kind of be like, okay, well, this is where you missed this red flag. And then what did God say about this, right? Like, because a lot of times... We just missed the right look. And this is for men and women. We just missed the signs in the beginning that we should have got out. Do we miss it or do we see it and we ignore it? Some people miss it because they don't know how to see. Some people ignore. Some people don't have the knowledge to know when they're being love bombed. They don't have the knowledge to know when they're being gassed. They don't have the language for it, right? So until you are educated in what these things are, if all you've known is a relationship to look this kind of way, you think that that's what it's supposed to be. But then when you become educated, you start looking at it differently. So there are people that have only seen relationships being presented to them in one capacity, and that's what they believe it is. And it could be abuse, or it can be a, a really good relationship, right? From that experience, it shapes their reality of what they should expect. What I do is I help women learn how to, to learn how to put language to things that they may or may not have known of. So that way they're equipped when they get into the dating world. Even if they haven't been gaslit, if they come into my teaching, they're going to know what gaslighting is. They're going to know what blame shifting is. They're going to know the different uh, signs to look for. With, if they, um, My next class, I'm teaching on compatibility and teaching women how to learn if this person is compatible for them, right? But I think the issue is, is that those people, they don't have the information to make the right decision. But then on the other side, there are people who have the information, but there's still a level of desperation in them that they just really, really, really want love. There's still some more healing that needs to occur before they can start making the right decisions for themselves. A lot of people play themselves because they, there's still some more healing that needs to happen. It sounds like there's so much layers to that. It is. Hey, uh <laughs> sound like so much later like you said they need healing now my question is i wonder what do they need a healing from i guess it's past trauma things that happened in childhood i guess it's just so much layers to peel back just to keep peeling back okay. um for the young woman that's looking to get into the industry um she feels as if this is her calling to do the same thing you're doing life coach and teaching women the same thing 
what kind of advice do you have for that young lady that's, that that, that want to get in the industry? Um, find out her message and who she's talking to specifically. Because while single women is a very a wide group of people, every single woman isn't your person. More of the women that come to me, they come to me for healing. They come for me for identity, for direction, things of that nature. There are some people that are called to single moms, right? So I would say first get clear on who it is that you're talking to in this industry. Then find out what it is that you would find out the problem you have the solution to, right? So you obviously have a solution to somebody's problem. Once you you have that that in your mind, then start creating your content around that. The problem is this. Create your content around that. And it, the content can be funny. It can be engaging. It can be very serious. But as long as you're keeping your message consistent, the people that are uh, called to you, they're going to come. So you find a problem and then you create content around the answers to that problem. Yep. And then the people are going to come. They're going to come. And that's how you grow your business. Basically. And then find- also trusting like sometimes i post stuff like just because if i was like this is funny because my, my audience knows one thing we're gonna do we're gonna laugh <laughs> we're gonna laugh like it's gonna be serious but we're gonna laugh too i'll post something that's funny just to break up the monotony of the seriousness and then i also like to post things that are a little controversial to my own message just to get a conversation started because i like to see where the minds of my audience is at so i love that yeah, sometimes I saw one girl, she she didn't like something that I posted. She was like, oh, sometimes creators just post things for clickbait, da 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 And I'm like, honey, this is a analysis. I am doing research because right. I need to see what's going on in my audience's brain. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <clears throat> what inspired you to start your business, and how was your initial vision evolve over time? So I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's the crazy thing. I fell into entrepreneurship. So my first business, when it started doing well and I started making enough money that I didn't have to work a nine to five, a new reality opened to me that I didn't know really existed for me because I, I, was, I wasn't raised to be like, hey, you could be an entrepreneur. It was like, you're going to go to school, you get a job, et cetera. So once that reality was open to me, it was like, the sky is the limit. So I was like, well, I, then I just started trying stuff. I was like, well, I'm going to see if I can do this. I want to see if I can do that. And I just started trying stuff. And if it stuck, it stuck. If it didn't, it didn't. And you just kept going. I just kept going. And and over time, clarity comes. I think, I forgot who said this, but um, it's probably my, my girlfriend. She said, clarity comes through action. And perfection uh, done is better than perfection. Uh, Tiffany Montgomery. She said, clarity comes through action and done is better than perfection. So what I started doing is just getting stuff done and letting the clarity come as I was getting stuff done. You know what? And that's, that's, that exact thing is a part of my messaging as well. Because when I first, I just knew that I had an idea. Okay, so I didn't, looking back in hindsight, I know that I had a thing for exploring my curiosity and then just ex- expressing and sharing what I learned along the way. And I've just always had a very curious mind. Like I was the person that, Always want to know more. Ask questions. I just want to get a little deeper in the conversation. Just challenge your views. Challenge your beliefs a little bit. Just to see why you think the way you think. That was always me. Yeah. And I was like, actually one of my friends, Patch, he um, told me, bro, you should start a podcast. 
And I was like, okay, I'm going to get into it. And initially, I was just in the stores, Target, Walmart, walking with the people. Hey, can I ask you a quick question? And that's how I started it. Not having no direction of where I wanted to go. I was like, the more I do it, the more I did it, the more I do it, clarity started to come. Like, it just started to come. And that's a part of entrepreneurship in itself. Like, hey, you just got to get started. Mm -hmm. Just start the thing that you want to do. And along the journey, one, people that see you being consistent, they're going to start to notice you and start to connect with you. And also that clarity is going to start to come more and more and more. And just like now I'm two years in and I'm just not really, really getting clear on the direction I want to go in. So I agree with your girlfriend a hundred percent. You just got to get started and over time the clarity will come. And I feel like a lot of times people just get stuck in the beginning and and that's what stifle their growth. Yep. And they get stuck in perfection, thinking everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be, you know, this pretty picture. Most of the people that have been successful online, it's because they just did it. They didn't care about all of that perfection stuff. And you'll see, like, even content creators, they'll be like, this was my content when I first started. This is my content now. And their content when they first started was trash. But guess what? They wouldn't have got to the better content if they didn't start. How do you get away from that? How do you get away from the perfection? From what do you do? How do we get people to get away from that? Even now, well, I still struggle with it sometimes. Yeah, um, me too, if I'm being 100% honest. You, you got to talk yourself off the ledge. And it's got to be like, because it's one thing where it's like, okay, you're holding yourself to a standard now because you've learned how to move in excellence, right? When you're first starting out, you don't necessarily know what excellence is going to look like in what you're doing but you're going to figure it out along the way. So there's two, I think it's two parts in the beginning. It's more so I'm, I'm scared of what people are going to say, or what if people don't like it, that, 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 that's going through your head. Or what if people think I'm copying them, all of these different things in your mind that really just, you need to turn the noise off for. But then when you're further down the line, it's like, am I doing this to be perfect? Or have I grown to a point where I'd like to present excellence when I like, to I'd like to present something that is more polished now, because I'm not in that phase of just, shooting from the hip you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i think there's two different sides of it but all in all it, it all if with social media or if anything that involves you having to share some with share things with people in order to get some type of buy-in from them it you have to not care what people think and you have to know like in in your heart of hearts what i have i need to get out to people i have to give it to them and then you just start giving it to them. And over over time, you're going to stop caring what people think. And you're just going to keep doing what you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. Yeah. That's the way it works. What unique value does your product or service offer that attracts new customers? Hmm. I think what makes me unique from other coaches is that I'm not just giving you a strategy that I read from somebody else's book. I'm giving you a lot of times fresh strategy from heaven. I am a woman that really seeks the Lord for real. And there are some things that I even surprise myself with that I say that I cannot take credit for because I'm like, God, that was you. You're speaking through me, right? So I think that's what makes me a little bit more unique is that I'm not just someone who is well-studied 
while I am well studied, I'm also someone who was well yielded and I am yielded to the spirit of God. So that way God can use me in my capacity with the gifts that he's given me to really get to his people what he wants to get to him. I am literally somebody that is just a, I'm a, a middleman. And that's literally it. What I'm doing is being a middleman to get a message from God through me to his people that causes transformation, that brings healing, that brings enlightenment, that brings joy, that brings peace, you know, whatever it is that that person needs. And I think that because I'm not a robot in the way that I'm doing, like, hey, I have this one strategy, this strategy is going to work. I think that that makes it more unique for my clients because they get what they need specifically at that moment versus what is cookie cutter and may may fit them or may not. So you had said that you don't just operate out of theory that you got out of someone's book. You get fresh strategies from heaven. Now, you can get a strategy out of someone's book that you have not tried yourself and just give it to someone through theory. Right. So my question to you is this, the strategies that you get from heaven, do you practice that strategy first or is it like, okay, this strategy that came from heaven, I'm going to give it to the people? It depends. So for instance, this week I did a video on forgiving uh, quickly and praying fiercely. And that was a guy told me, get, I still had my, my robe on. I was like, God, you want me to go live right now? And he said, go live right now. <laughs> so that was like fresh while I was on the live talking. It was me giving them what I had already did, which was strategy to them. Um, On a one-on-one call, a lot of times it's like on the spot. It's like, okay, I'm I'm literally listening to them, but also listening to God. And I'm like, God, well, what needs to happen? Okay. And then that's when it it comes out. Now, it it can be mixed and be like God's wisdom plus some of the wisdom that I already know. But when I'm doing one-on-ones, I really want to hear from God. How much is your one-on-ones? They vary. Um, right now, I do thirty minutes for forty five for forty thirty minutes for forty five dollars. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll do a sale. Like there's a lot of times where I, if I feel like there's a strong demand that people need to talk to me, I will like I'll make it even cheaper. I've done like twenty dollars sales, twenty five dollars sales, just because I'm like they need what what I have to give them more than I need the money, right? Um, but then I also don't want to undercut myself because. You know, it's still a business. And how do you how do you structure your prices with that? Because there's someone I think that that wants to do it and they don't know how much to charge, or they feel like maybe I'm charging too much or too little. What what kind of advice do you have for that person? Honestly, go with your gut. You gotta go with your gut. Like I think, oh, I will say this: over time, your prices need to increase because your value increases, right? So there will come a time and day where Nobody will even be able to have a one-on-one call with me. In this season, God said I can do one-on-one calls. There will be a season where that kind of access won't happen, right? Unless you've already made it into that threshold. Um, but I will say, like my like my classes, my classes, the price is going up. And the price is going to keep going up. Because the more I am learning, the more I am getting, you know, my value is going up. So the more you pour into yourself, let your price... Reflect that value, and that's so powerful. You said that because a lot of people try to up their price without no increase in value. So yeah. the prices going up should be a direct, direct. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reflection. Reflection of how much more value you can give. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yeah. 
Who is your ideal client and how well do you understand their pain points and needs? My ideal client is a woman who's experienced a lot of disappointment in her dating and relationship life, and she does not know why. Um, her pain points are typically, it's probably a little bit of lack of discipline, a little bit of lack of self-love, some abandonment, some rejection, and I feel like there's one more. But those are those would typically be their pain points. And how... Do you know these pain points so well because that's something you experience? I know them because those are the that's the majority of the women that come to me. Got my mind going right now. You got my <laughs> mind going. Now, gotcha. naturally, I have experienced disappointment. So, yeah, it's twofold. Gotcha. I got one more question for you. <clears throat> well, you know, before I get to that one, let me ask this. Okay. What is the purpose of life and how does it shape your decisions? What is the purpose of life and how does it shape my decisions? Yes, ma'am. My purpose in this in this beautiful world, in all its craziness, is to be a light in a dark place. To share and show the love of Christ in real life, in real time, to share his wisdom, to be an inspiration to people, right? Um, to let my life speak for itself, let my life show the glory of being a woman that is submitted to God. Um, what was the second part of the question? And how does it shape your decisions? Mm, how does it shape my decisions? Now, this is a good one because I feel like I'm in an extreme season of discipline right now. And while the discipline is going to help me for myself, it also helps hold me accountable to what it is that God has called me to do. Right. So it shapes my decisions, especially as the person that I am on social media. There are eyes on me, right? I have to make sure that I'm making the right decisions, one, that please God. And two, that it's, it's giving off the right example to the people that follow me, that are that trust me. Okay, so to everyone that's listening to this right now, that's watching this video right now, I regret, regret, regret to inform you that we have come to the end of the show of this episode because we had some technical difficulties during towards during the end of the show. Um, the microphones that I used, they got cut off some way, somehow. Um, actually, I forgot to charge them. So that's why they got cut off. And uh, as I was doing my editing, I noticed that our voices was overlapping each other. And um, even when I downloaded the separate clips individually of one with me, one with her, um, hers got cut off the last 10 minutes. Uh, so I apologize about that. Um, this is a part of entrepreneurship, making sure that your mics are always um, working. They are always charged up, whatever microphones that you use. But... Sorry about that, and um, I'll see y'all in the next episode. But for those that have stuck with me this far, just want to let y'all know that I appreciate y'all for even, you know, tuning in. And I am grateful for the opportunity to be able to serve y'all. And um, if you got value from this, please, please, please like, sh like, share, and subscribe to this show. And share with a friend, you know. Share with a friend that you think this episode will bless their heart. Or just, you know, share with somebody that you think 
any of the episodes will help them along their journey of personal and business development. Other than that, I'm your favorite host. Uh, my name is DK, and I'll see you on the next episode. Love.